The West Live. The West Live with Ben O'Shea. Last year in Australia, there were more children born with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder than with autism spectrum disorder, spina bifida, cerebral palsy and Down syndrome combined, making it the leading cause of non-genetic disability in the country. Our next guest has made it her mission to do something about it. And this week, she's been recognised with an honorary doctorate from the University of WA. Sue Myers, thanks for joining me on The West Live. Thank you very much for having me. And so when did you first become aware of FASD? I first became aware of FASD when our foster daughter was 10 years old. Um, so that was back in about 1990. And I read an article uh, in a magazine. I was in a waiting room at the doctor's surgery and we were having all sorts of troubles with her at that stage. Um, she wasn't learning the way other children learnt. She wasn't responding to parenting ways that we would use, we had used very successfully with our other children. And um, we were just really, really concerned about how we were going to move forward. And I read an article and it just hit home. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm reading about, this, this, is, this is our daughter. Um, I've, I've found the answers. Now all we have to do is go and get a diagnosis. I knew she'd been exposed to alcohol um, uh, during during her mum's pregnancy. And um, so, yes, I, I, off I went to the uh, Women's and Children's Hospital and uh, to, to the gene genetics clinic. And they did all sorts of... Um, measurements and, and they were sp specifically looking for facial features and she didn't have all of those features so they said oh no she hasn't got it was called fetal alcohol syndrome back in those days she hasn't got fetal alcohol syndrome which is a specific um, disorder that that has specific facial features but we know now that only 10 percent of um, children with FASD will have those facial features but back then that wasn't recognized and so I was really sent away with nothing. And that was, you know, it was no help at all. And I started going online to search for more information and I found um, a lot of support from overseas and that's how we moved on from there. Mm. And so for people who aren't completely familiar or don't have any experience with FASD, can you give us an idea of how that impacts a child? So it impacts them physically, it in fact impacts their, it, there can be physical effects, um, it impacts their um, learning, um, but they may or may not have an intellectual disability. Some have um, an IQ that's very much in the normal range, even, even higher, um, but in particular it in, impacts their um, behaviours. Um, the part of the brain that that's responsible for their behaviours is what's impacted probably the most. And that they're children that don't learn from cause and effect. Um, they can be very, very impulsive. They, um, ca they can't take what they learn in one situation into a new situation, so they might learn something one day, but it's gone the next. Um, so it makes parenting very, very difficult. Um, most of our parenting styles depend on children learning from their mistakes and these are children that 
really find that very, very difficult. Mm. And then through your own personal experience, you established the first support group uh, for parents uh, dealing with FASD in Australia, and that was renamed uh, the National Organisation for Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders, so no FASD. Uh, And now tell me, now all of these years later, um, you've been a tireless advocate in this space. Uh, What is the situation like now if a parent were to get a diagnosis of their child of FASD, how different is it today than it was when you first experienced it in 1982? Right, very, very different. (laughs) So we didn't get our diagnosis until 1999 um, and that was from overseas. So that's why I um, founded the organisation. I came back from a conference overseas. I was blown away by the help and support over there and I thought, Why did I have to go all the way to Canada to get information and support that should have been available in Australia? Um, So I founded the organisation and I wrote um, hundreds of letters that I sent all over Australia to people who I thought should be taking responsibility. And once I I wrote a report about the conference and compared the situation in Canada to the situation I'd found in South Australia trying to get help and support, and naively thought once everybody read that report, um, that would be the end of it. And that was really only the beginning of a very long journey. So it took probably uh, another, I had some initial support probably about two, one or two years after I started the organisation. I had some initial support from some very highly respected um, uh, paediatricians and clinicians um, Professor Elizabeth Elliott and Professor Carol Bauer who started the ball rolling but still to get traction it it took probably until about 2015 until we um, got the organisation got its first funding. So since that first funding we've really been able to get some traction and so apparent today there are diagnostic clinics available in every state. However, the waiting list is really, really long. There's still a reluctance by a lot of clinicians to diagnose because they're concerned about stigma, mm. um, which is a big issue. But um, by misdiagnosing or diagnosing or, or not diagnosing at all, what we're missing out on is just such a prime opportunity to have prevention Um, and if we're not going to diagnose we're not going to realize the full extent of the problem and we'll never have we'll never have enough effort put into prevention yeah that's why it was so great to have you on the west live today to raise awareness a, a job that you will continue to do i've got no doubt about that sue myers founder of the national organization for fetal alcohol spectrum disorders congratulations on your honorary doctorate from uwa and uh keep fighting the good fight and helping parents and more importantly helping children dealing with FASD. thanks for joining me on the west live thanks so much You've been listening to The West Live with Ben O'Shea. If the story behind the story matters to you, then you can count on thewest.com.au to deliver.